chapter five part one of the village in the jungle by leonard wolf this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter five part one Pabun put up a new hut in Cylinder's compound and three weeks after he left his brother-in-law he and punchy manika began to live together in it it was the beginning of a far greater prosperity for the family baban worked hard he cleared his jenna and watched it well his crop was always the best in the village and the produce went with salindus into a barn which served in common for the whole compound salindu did not again refer to punchy manika's leaving him he seemed hardly to be aware of Abun's existence in the compound he very rarely addressed a word to him in fact he now scarcely ever spoke to any one except hinihami when he came back to the compound from the jungle or from the chenas he never went into the new hut where punchy manika lived he never called her to him as he had been used to do if she came out in the evenings to sit with him and speak with him he answered her questions but he no longer poured out to her everything that was in his mind as he still did to hinihami it seemed as if he were unable to share her with another and punchimanika altered her blind love for her father and her sister remained but it was swamped by a fierce attachment to baban she felt the barrier which had grown up and separated her from salindu and in a less degree from hinihami and as her life became different she lost some of the wildness which had before belonged to her she began to lead a life more like the other village women she no longer went to or worked in the chenna the jungle began to lose its hold on her she had listened from the time when she first began to understand anything to the tales of her father and imperceptibly his views of life had become hers she and he were only two out of the countless animals which wander through the jungle continually beset by hunger and fear but as she became more and more separated from him and attached to baban this view of life always vague and unconsciously held became vaguer and dimmer the simplicity of baban reacted upon her she became the man's woman the cook of his food the cleaner of his house the bearer of his children there had always been considerable difference in character between hini mahami and Panchimanika there was very little of her sister's gentleness in hinihami there was added to the strangeness and wildness which she derived from salindu a violence of feeling far greater than his you could see this in her eyes which gradually lost the melancholy of childhood and glowed with a fierce startled look through the long black hair which hung in disorder about her pale brown face the village women who never tired 
of following manchohami's lead in jeering at carlinahami and punchimanika soon learned to respect the passionate anger which it was so easy to rouse in hinihami and the passion of her anger was equalled by the passion of her attachment to selindu and punchimanika the women soon learned that it was as dangerous to abuse in her presence her father or her sister as to risk a gibe at the girl herself it was always remembered in the village how when angohami once worked up by the bitterness of her own tongue raised her hand against punchimanika hinihami then a child of eight had seized the baby which the woman was carrying on her hip and flung it into the tank water hinihami had taken no part in the discussion about her sister's marriage but when baban took punchimanika to live with him in the hut which he had built she felt an instinctive dislike towards him a feeling that she was being robbed of something her father and her sister were everything to her for she had never felt for carlinahami the blind affection which she felt for them she could not understand therefore how punchimanika could turn from them to this man whom she had scarcely known the day before she saw and understood her father's anger and unhappiness but she could not turn against her sister something had happened which she did not understand and evil had come out of the jungle and such evils come if any one could be blamed it was the stranger baban but as her sister desired to go to him she put on one side her own feelings of anger against him she watched in silence the new house being put up and she watched in silence punchy manika leave the old hut for the new she felt as if she were losing something that her sister was going away from her and that her life had greatly altered she turned with an increased passion of attachment to her father she refused to allow carlinahami to cook his food for him if he went out alone in the jungle she would sit for hours in the compound watching the path by which she knew he would return and whenever he would allow her she followed him on his expeditions the marriage of punchimanika and baban created a great sensation in the village the headman and his wife did not at first hide their anger and the thought that they had been crossed was not unpleasant to many of the villagers moreover baban was liked and in many ways respected the contempt in which the vedas had been held could no longer be shown towards a compound where he had married and where he lived the compound was no longer avoided the men entered it now to see baban and the women began to come and gossip with punchimanika it was not in babahami's nature to remain long openly an enemy of any one his cunning mind was inclined to and suited for intrigue he understood how much easier and more enjoyable it is to harm your enemy if he thinks that you are his friend than if he knows you are his enemy he was however too angry with baban for any open reconciliation he hid his anger and though he never went into baban's compound nor baban into his when they met in the village paths they spoke to one another as if there was nothing between them but he often thought over the reckoning which he was determined one day to have and it was sinlindu and his family who he made up his mind would feel it most heavily he was a man who never forgot what he considered a wrong 
done him he could wait long to repay a real or imaginary injury the repayment might be made in many divers ways but until it was repaid with interest his mind was unsatisfied as time passed slender's family began again to enter into the ordinary village life it was natural therefore that the hesitation which the villager might have felt to take a wife from the family died down before baban's example people who live in towns can hardly realize how persistent and violent are the desires of those who live in villages like Betagama. in many ways and in this beyond all others they are very near to the animals in fact in this they are more brutal and uncontrolled than the brutes that while the animals have their seasons man alone is perpetually dominated by his desires any hummy both in face and form was more desirable than any of the other women it was about a year after baban and punchy Manika began to live together that proposals began to be made about her there lived in one of the huts with his old mother a man called puncherala he was a tall thin dark man badly afflicted with barangi the naturally crafty look of his face had been intensified by an accident when a young man he had been attacked by a bear which met him crawling under the bushes in search of a hive of wild bees which he had heard in the jungle the bear mauled him and had left the marks of its teeth and claws upon his cheeks and forehead and partially destroyed his right eye the drooping lid of the injured eye gave him the appearance of perpetually and cunningly winking he had some reputation in the village as a veterala or doctor and also as a dealer in spells the result of his quarrel with his brother had made him feared and respected they had cultivated a chenna in common and a dispute had arisen over the division of the produce Panchirala considered himself to have been swindled he went out into the jungle and collected certain herbs leaves and fruit he put them in a coconut shell together with a lime and placed them at night in the corner of his brother's compound the next morning his brother was found to be lying unable to speak or move the wife and mother came and begged Pancharala to remove the spell he denied all knowledge of the matter and in three days his brother died the brother's share of the chenna produce was handed over to Pancharala, as no one else was inclined to run the risk of the curse which appeared to attach to it Pancharala was about thirty-eight years old the woman who had lived with him had died about a year previously and the marriage of Baban had directed his attention towards hinihami his first proposals were made to the girl herself he was astonished by the fury with which they were rejected but he was not discouraged he watched for his opportunity and some days later when hinihami was not there he went to selindu's compound he found selindu sitting in the shadow of the hut i heard he said to him that you have an ulcer in your foot let me see ayo caused by a bad thorn here are some leaves i brought them with me they will do it good selindu had been unable to walk for some days owing to the swelling and pain he was very glad to show the foot to the veterala puncherala sat down to examine it and carla nahami and baban came out to see what was going on this was exactly what puncherala wanted he heated the leaves by putting them in hot water which he made carla nahami fetch he tied them on with such ceremony and then the whole party squatted down to talk this medicine i learned from my father he told them it is of great power 
it will draw the evil and the heat out of the foot into the leaves and to-morrow you will be able to walk the power of medicine and spells was a subject which never failed to appeal to Carlinahami. they say your father was a great man and that in those days people came to the village from all sides for his medicine ah but he was a great man and i have all my knowledge from him now the government builds hospitals and makes people go to them and gives them government medicine which is useless and so our work is taken from us and people die of these foreign medicines but my father was a great man he knew of many charms one which would bring any woman to a man there is a tale about that charm in those days there lived a karala mahatmaya by the sea a big-bellied man a great lover of women down the coast beyond his village was a village in which only malay people live the malay women are before all others in beauty very fair with eyes shaped like pomegranate seeds they are mohammedan people and no sinhalese can approach their women for the men are very jealous and also strong and fearless they are bad men the kerala mahatmaya used to go to the village on government work and every time he walked through the street and saw the women peeping at him from the doorways and he saw their eyes shaped like pomegranate seeds shining beneath the cloths which covered their heads he was very troubled and longed to have a malay woman at last he could bear it no longer so he lay down in his house and sent a message to my father to say that he was very ill and that he should come to him at once then my father went three days journey to the kerala's house and when he came there the kerala mahatmaya sent all the women out of the house and he made my father sit down by his side and he said to him federala i am very ill i cannot sleep have a great desire day and night in me for a woman from the malay village along the coast i can get no pleasure from my own women but if i be seen even talking to a malay woman the men of the village would rise and beat me to death the desire is killing me now you i know have great skill and charms you must make me one therefore which will bring a malay woman to me to a place of which i will tell you then my father said hama doru i dare not do this for i must go and make the charm in the compound of the girl's house and i know these malay people they are very bad men if they catch me there they will kill me but the kerala mahatmaya said there is no need to fear there is a house at the end of the village standing somewhat apart from the others there lives in it a young girl unmarried a daughter of tuwan abdid i will take you there on a moonless night and you will make the charm there and if the next night the girl comes to me i will give you five pounds then my father thought if i refuse the kerala mahatmaya he will be angry and put me into trouble and ruin me and if i consent to his wish i will gain five pounds which is much money and possibly a beating from the malay men it is better to risk the beating so he agreed to make the charm on a moonless night then the kerala mahatmaya gave out that he was very ill and that my father was treating him and for three days my father lived in the house preparing the charm on the fourth day the kerala mahatmaya and my father taking cold cooked rice with them set out from the house saying they were going to my father's village for the treatment of the kerala with medicines in my father's house but after leaving the village they turned aside from the path and went secretly through the jungle to a cave near the malay village the cave was hidden in thick jungle and they lay there through the day when it was night and very dark they crept out and the kerala showed the house to my father my father stood in the garden of the house and made the charm and buried it in the earth of the garden 
and returned to the cave with the kerala mahatmaya all through the next day they lay in the cave and ate only the cold rice and the kerala mahatmaya talked much of the malay women and their eyes which were shaped like pomegranate seeds and in the evening at the time when the women go to draw water the girl came to the cave and the kerala mahatmaya enjoyed her then he sent her away and he called my father who was sitting outside in the jungle and told him that the girl was cross-eyed and ugly and not worth five pounds but at the most ten rupees he gave my father ten rupees and told him he would give the other forty some other time but the money was never paid next day they went back to the kerala's house and told a tale about how the kerala mahatmaya had got well on the way to my father's village and so they had returned at once but the girl had seen the kerala mahatmaya in the village and she recognized his black face and big belly and she told her mother how she had been charmed to go to the cave the mother told the malay men and they were very angry next time that the kerala mahatmaya went to their village they set upon him and beat him with clubs and sticks until he nearly died then they put him in a bullock cart and tied his hands together above his head to the hood of the cart and took him twelve miles into kamburu pitaya to the agent hamadoru and said that they had caught the kerala mahatmaya with a bag on his back stealing salt and there was a great case and a magistrate hamadoru believed the story of the kerala mahatmaya who had many witnesses to show that on the very day on which the girl said she had gone to the cave they had seen him on the road to my father's village so the malay men all were sent to prison for my father got a great name for all the country except the magistrate hamadoru knew of the charm by which he had brought the girl to the fat kerala mahatmaya in the cave did your father teach you the making of the charm asked karlinahami am i not a veterala and the son of a veterala the learning of the father is handed down to the son yes i remember hearing my mother speak of him there was no one in the district she said so skilled in charms and medicines as your father yes he knew many things which other veteralas know nothing of he had a charm by which devils are charmed to become the servants of the charmer he learnt it from a man of sinhala who lived long ago in the neighbouring village this man was called Tikiri banda and he wanted to marry the daughter of the headman the headman refused to give her and Tikiri banda being very angry put a charm upon a devil which lived in a banyan tree and the devil took a snake in his hand and touched the headman with it on the back as he passed under the tree in the dusk and the headman's back was bent into a bow for the rest of his days was that the village called bogama asked selinda who had listened with interest where the nuga trees now stand in the jungle to the south the last house was abandoned when i was a boy but the devil still dances beneath the nuga trees yes it was bogama it was a village like this in my father's time and in your father's time i can myself remember houses there near the nuga trees of course said kalinahami bodhi sinho's wife angohami came from there ayo when the jungle comes in how things are forgotten well well said the veterala the devils still dance under the trees though the men have gone the chenna crops were bad and every year the fever came it is the same now in this village the old medicines of the veteralas are no longer used but people go to the towns and hospitals for these foreign medicines but they die very quickly and where there was a village there are only trees and devils the little group was silent for a while nothing could be heard but the sigh of the wind among the trees for miles around them 
then the veterella began to speak again yes that was a wonderful charm the headman walked bow-backed for the rest of his life because he would not give the girl ayo it is always the women who bring trouble to us men and yet what can a man do a man without a wife they say is only half a man there is no comfort in a house where there is no woman to cook the meal there is no need to use your charm veterala said carlinahami if you want one for yourself there is only one unmarried woman in the village now said the veterala and she is selindu's daughter an uncomfortable silence fell upon the listeners carlinahami and baban looked at selindu who remained silent his eyes fixed upon the ground the veterala's intentions were very clear and the point of his previous stories very obvious now puncharala turned to carlinahami i was thinking but yesterday that it is time that the girl was given in marriage baban here has taken her twin sister and it is wrong that a woman should live alone it is not for me to give the girl she is her father's daughter selindu's face showed his distress the veterala was a dangerous man to offend but too much was being asked of him he began in a low voice the girl is too young she has not flowered yet puncherala laughed did you bring the girl up or only filth as the saying is they are called twins but the one has been married a year and the other has not flowered yet veterala i would give the girl but she is unwilling she told me last night that you had spoken to her she is of the jungle while not fit for your house she was very frightened and angry for a moment Poncharala was disconcerted that his rebuff was known but anger came to his rescue am i to ask the girl then when i want a wife can the father not give his child so the child is angry and the father obeys oh hey strange customs spring up you are a fool slender if you tell the child to obey there is no more to be said the girl is a wild thing i tell you i cannot give her against her will the veterala got up he smiled at selinda who watched him anxiously you will not give the girl selinda i cannot i cannot you will not give her remember the man of sinhala who taught my father ayo how can i do this and the headman of magama and the devil that still dances beneath the trees selinda's face worked with excitement ask anything else of me veterala i cannot do this i cannot do this Puncherala walked away the others watched him in silence when he got to the fence of the compound he turned round and smiled at them again and don't forget he called out to tell the girl about the malay girl who came to the kerala mahatmaya in the cave a black-faced man and big-bellied but she came she came i am an ugly man and the bear's claws have made me uglier a poor bedfellow for a girl and so was he black as tamil and a great belly swaying as he walked but she came to the cave to the calling of my father's charm oh yes she came she came pancharala walked away chuckling selinda was trembling with excitement and fear kalinahami burst out into a wail of despair ayo what will become of us brother he is a bad man a bad man very cunning and clever there is no protection against his charms he will bring evil and disease upon the house he will make devils enter us what have you done what have you done i owe baban was not as excited as the other two but he was very serious it would perhaps have been better to give him the girl he said the man is not a bad man if you do not cross him and the girl is of age to marry even the bravest man does not go down the path where a devil lives only the fool struggles against the stronger said Kalinahami. what the veterala says is medicine is medicine it is not too late brother to undo the evil to whom else is the village can you give the girl selindu turned upon them in his anger and fear 
have you too joined to plague me evils come upon a man it is fate what can i do the girl is unwilling am i to throw away the curacan when the rice is already stolen am i to help the thief to plunder my house i am a poor man and the evil has come upon me i can do nothing against it his devils will enter me and i shall waste away but as for the child what else is left to me i will not force her to go to this son of a bad guy go into the house woman and cry there and you baban is it not enough that you have stolen from me one child that now you should join with his dog to steal the other from me the other two were frightened by this outburst of Selindu. they saw that to argue with him would only increase his excitement they left him he remained squatting in the compound and as his anger died down fear possessed him utterly he had no doubt of the powers of pancharala over him he knew that he had delivered himself into his power and the power of the devils that surrounded him he had no thought of resistance in such a case a terrible sense of a blank wall of fate against which a man may hurl himself in vain was upon him he sat terrified and crushed by the inevitableness of the evil which must be when hinihami returned he told her what had happened and she shared in his terror and despair End of chapter five part one